0: Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue uh, working our way through the Gospel of John. and We're getting real close to the end. We're starting the last chapter today, as a matter of fact. And uh, this last chapter is really sort of like a prologue kind of thing. When you get to the end of the 20th chapter of John, uh, that nearly felt like the end of the book. And it, it could be viewed that way. But John has something else he wanted to communicate. And remember, the Holy Spirit is leading these folks as they're writing uh, to put down what they're putting down and what they're writing to each uh, group of people they're writing to. So the 21st chapter of John has some really intriguing things. Let's begin with verse 1. It says this, after these things, <laughs> okay, great, uh, what things? Well, the things that have been covered up at this point in time, okay, particularly in relationship to the time when Jesus has been resurrected from the dead and he's appeared to the disciples a couple of times. So after these things, Jesus manifested himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, that's the Sea of Galilee. I think Tiberius is just the Roman name for it. At the Sea of Tiberias, and he manifested himself in this way. So uh, Jesus, uh, the New American Standard says manifested himself. King James says shoot himself, showed himself. The Lexham says revealed himself. The ESV says that he revealed himself. In other words, Jesus appeared again. And these appearances are, are very interesting and something that has a um, sort of a Arrested my attention uh, with this going through the book of John again in relationship to what we saw with the synoptic gospels. Remember, we saw a couple of episodes ago in Mark when Jesus appeared to the two that were on the way to Emmaus that it said that he appeared to them in another form, in another form. And I thought, well, what other? What does it mean, another form? Well, when he appeared to the women at the tomb, they saw him. And at one point he said, you don't cling to me because I haven't been glorified yet. He was in a body where they recognized him, but it was something a little different. He was about to be glorified. Then he appears to the disciples the evening he is resurrected. He just appears in the room. What? Right? Just the doors were locked and everything. He just appears. And he's in his glorified body. He appeared eight days later to another group of disciples, this time that uh, included Thomas, and he was in a glorified body. When he appeared to the two on the way to Emmaus, they didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize him at first. And so they were either kept from recognizing him or he looked a little different. They were probably kept from recognizing him, but he had a normal body to where they didn't think anything of it. You know, it wasn't a glorified type of appearance and glowing. Here he manifests himself to the disciples. Verse 2 says this, Simon, Peter, and Thomas, called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Canaan, Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, and two other of his disciples were together. So it tells us who are here. There were seven disciples that were here. It wasn't all of them. There were 11 disciples that were left, so there were seven of them. Uh, Is that important? Well, it's important for a couple of reasons at least because the Lord tells us point blank who it was that was here. Okay, now these are ones that were fishermen. Okay, this is what their trade was before the Lord called them. And But we see that the number seven is usually important too. Don't want to read too much into it. Don't want to create things, but we do pay attention to it. Now watch what happens, verse three. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will also come with you. They went out, got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. (laughs) So this is sort of interesting. There's been many, many, many commentators that have made comments and conjecture and the like Upon what's going on here, why Peter went fishing. You know, is he not supposed to be out saving the world, et cetera, et cetera? Well, he was a fisherman by trade. Yes, the Lord called him and said, You will be fishers of men. But just think what they've just been through. Okay? They had just been through this thing where Jesus had been killed, he's raised from the dead, he's appeared to them. And there was an interesting thing that happens. Remember when uh, Jesus appeared to the women at the tomb? He told them to go to the disciples and Peter. The disciples and Peter. Why in the world was the and Peter thrown in there? Well, we really don't know again, but I think it's worth paying some attention to. More than likely, it's a combination of several things. Peter had denied the Lord three times. And when he heard that rooster go off the third time, he left quickly crying, weeping. I doubt that he would have gone to all the disciples. We know that three days later he was with John because Mary, when she went and told him, it was John and Peter, they were together. But can you imagine what's going through Peter's mind, what's going through his heart, how he was the one that had uh, betrayed the Lord. And that gets really interesting. Remember the last supper they had together? Peter was the one that motioned to John, who was sitting next to Jesus. And Peter motioned to him and said, you know, to ask Jesus who the betrayer was going to be. And Jesus said, it's the one that I will give the sop to. So he dipped some food in the little thing and gave it to Judas. So Peter knew that Judas was the one that was going to be the betrayer. And Judas gets up and leaves. But then now Peter realizes that he betrayed also. So Peter is just there, you know, what are you going to do? Well, let's go fishing. You know, I've got to make a living. And this wasn't just a recreational thing to get this off my mind. No, let's go out. We need to go about and make a living. We have a wife. We know Peter had a wife. Some of them had families. And they said, okay, let's go. We'll go with you. So these are professional fishermen. They go out. They fish all night. They catch nothing. Verse 4. But when the day was now breaking, so this is at sunrise, Jesus stood on the beach. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Well, how do they not know that it was Jesus? We're going to see later in the account. We may not get there today, but we're going to find out that they're about 100 yards offshore. And it's just sunrise and it's 300 feet offshore. They see a person, but you're not going to be able to discern necessarily who it is. So Jesus said to them, Children, you do not have any fish, do you? And they answered, No. The King James says, Children, have you any meat? Uh, the ESV says, Children, do you have any fish? And it wasn't that he was talking down to them in a childlike type of thing. No, it, the, the Greek actually connotes this idea. It's like, Hey, boys, did y'all catch anything? That's the idea. Okay? He just, Have y'all catch anything? And what did they have to say? The professional fishermen are sitting there going, No. They fished all night, I hadn't caught anything. Verse 6. And Jesus said to them, cast the net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll find a catch. So they cast. And see, they still don't know who he is. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what's happening. So they cast, and then they were not able to haul in because of the great number of fish. Now we're going to have to stop right there because of the limit of our time. but We'll pick it up next time. But know this. When he told them the cast on the right-hand side of the boat, they didn't know who he was. They didn't know it was Jesus yet. They just did it anyway. One commentary, Barclay, and you have to be sort of careful of some of his things. A lot of times people think he's the greatest, but he's got some foundational things that are very, very problematic. But he doesn't think there's a miracle involved in this. Of this great catch, okay? He thinks that Jesus just saw that there was a shoal of fish on that side of the boat and told him, hey, there's fish on the right-hand side, I throw it over there. Uh, I don't think so. I think there's a lot more to it than that. It, we just can't blow this off. What's interesting here is that when Jesus called some of these guys right here, he did it in the same way. Remember at the beginning? They cast a net out and they caught so many fish that the nets were tearing and the nets couldn't hold everything. Now, at the end, and this is actually the last miracle, that, and the last sign that John gives us in his gospel, at the end, there's a net that's cast on the right-hand side of the boat. There's nothing said about the net not being able to hold it. What he's talking about, is a great number of fish. <laughs> they were not able to haul it into the boat. They wound up dragging it up to the shore. We're going to see in the next episode something really interesting about this fish and about this haul. In the meantime, uh, go read John 21 tonight, okay? See what the Lord speaks to you, and we'll cover it again the next time. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you then.